You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, my brother? Happy to hit triple digits, feeling all Wilt Chamberlain up in this piece, 100 points in a basketball game. Blasco and Mike coming at you, episode 100. <laughs> who, who would have thought? I mean, uh, you know, on one hand, you go like, wow, that really seems like a significant uh Pivot, pivotable point in time, episode 100. Here we are, and uh, it only feels like yesterday that we were on episode one. Yeah, man, it's really cool. It's nice that we've just been able to figure out a way to do it consistently and, and in my mind, continue to stay motivated. You do such a fantastic job of finding interesting things to chat about week in and week out. So uh, big props to you and big props to all of our listeners out there who continue to write in and, you know, figure out ways to support us and let us know that what we're doing makes a difference in their lives. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, really kind of you know, it, it, this marks the third year of us doing it. Our episodes happen to kind of align with uh, the, the calendar year. So here's to, here's to a badass year three, 2019. Uh, I'm all about it. In the last episode of 2018, we chatted about facing rejection and using it to your advantage. That was a really great episode, as all of the episodes were in 2018. So go check them out if you haven't already. Um, This week, we talk about music predictions for 2019. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh, yeah. And if I recall, we were about 50-50 last year on our predictions. Is that right? That's correct. We were... uh, you know, we, we were uh, we were we were batting all right. You know, not 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 so bad. Yeah, and I think with some of them, it was really much easier to gauge than others. You know, some of the things that we talk about, and of course, you know, what what I think both of us enjoy about the music business is there is some objectivity to it, uh, and then of course there's subjectivity to it as well. So um, I don't know. I always enjoy these episodes. It's fun for you and I to kind of pontificate as to what things we we really have yeah. no ability to control well, the good the good news is here is that last year those predictions we made uh these predictions however are by bobby owinski from hypebot and so if they are wrong it's not our fault next year 
Uh, <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> hey, Bobby, we got a bus. We're going to drive right <laughs> over you, bud. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, the article that he penned was called 10 Music Industry Predictions for 2019. Uh, part one, we will cover the first five. And then in uh, part two, we will cover the second five. So here we go. Predictions can be a tricky thing, but if we look at the trends in the music business over the last year, we can see where things might be going. Here are 10 predictions, five for this episode, uh, for how the industry will fare in 2019. So here we go. Number one, Apple Music nearly catches Spotify. Spotify is still the king of the hill when it comes to streaming with 83 million paid subscribers, but Apple Music is coming on strong at 57 million at year's end. Apple Music's growth was significant in 2018, so look for the gap between the two streaming powerhouses to close even more in the coming year. Yeah, and I mean, I think, why not, right? It almost doesn't matter to me, I guess, you know, I would say from my experience as a manager and as a record label owner, you know, we're really looking for playlisting on both of those and features on both of those platforms. That said, you know, and you and I have seen this over the years, you come up with different tools to kind of measure a band's worth, you know, and there's no hard, fast rule, but I don't see anybody going to Apple Music and worrying about what streaming numbers an artist is doing over there, how many people are following them or any of that. We are still seeing that with Spotify. And so even if it does catch, you know, even if that gap does really close, I'm more curious to see if, you know, how that metric is paid attention to. Does does Apple Music on the streaming side in in regards to how you and I and others that do what we do you know, measure the relative, you know, comparisons of artists, does Apple even really matter? You know, that's, that's what's interesting to me. Yeah. Another interesting thing to think about is that Spotify was Spotify. Spotify came out as what it is and what it currently is, right? Streaming service, that's all it ever was. Apple had a shit ton of users already purchasing from the iTunes store. Right. So it's almost kind of a little bewildering that Apple Music is even having to play catch up because you would almost think, in some regard, that they would have had an unfair advantage in that they already had these types of users already in their back pocket. Um, but that's here nor there. I mean, I, I agree with you um, in that, hey, man, like we've got Coke and we've got Pepsi. I, maybe prefer a Coke, but I will occasionally have a Pepsi and won't be bummed about it. Um, so it's kind of whatever your preference is, as long as you're listening and streaming to music, doesn't affect my life anyway, as long as you're doing it, right? As long as you adapt to streaming, because that's the way it's all going to go. I think for me, I think the one that I prefer or that am, am going to prefer is going to be the one that really starts to become most artist friendly, meaning the one that makes it easy to go in and really create your page or your, your like a social media page, right? Like as soon as I can go in to my account 
and treat my page like an ins- like I do my Instagram, that's going to be the one that's going to speak volumes to me as a manager as well as artists. And I think that the one that is able to have more artist interaction is the one that people will be the most excited about probably at the end. Yeah. And I'm imagining, and I I agree with you. I mean, the interesting thing, and I won't dig too much into the weeds when, you know, the hard part about making things, platforms like a streaming service, more like a social media platform, or at least the administrative side of it, uh, as far as the music itself is, you know, typically the rights are owned by someone else, i.e. if the artists we manage, we've signed them to a label the rights are no longer our own. Whereas if you post a picture on social media, on Instagram, you know, there's a little bit less to it. I'm thinking you're right though. The stuff that makes it easier for any of us to handle uh, will emerge as the winner. Um, And and I I guess that'll probably be something that, that emerges more in 2020, but for now, yeah. I, I mean, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. You know, I think our advice to the artists out there is, you know, Blasco and I have watched the distribution platforms, uh, you know, change back when it was at retail. At times, you know, we were focused on, oh, my goodness, the, you know, you have to have a bonus track for Best Buy or you have to have, you know, two bonus tracks for Target or whatever it may be. And now that stuff's completely gone and out the window. So inevitably, you know, as much as this stuff is fun to talk about, um, you know, I really just want to encourage artists to continue to make, make the best music that you can. And whichever platform makes the most sense for, for all of us in the long run, you know, you'll be, you'll be best poised to take advantage of it. Uh, Prediction number two for 2019, 10 cent music makes its move. Now that 10 cent music had its more or less timid yet successful IPO, look for the company to set its eyes on acquiring more, if not all, of Spotify. Of course, this only happens if the market rebounds and tech stocks, especially music-related ones, again become investor favorites. If not, look for an acquisition down the road. Wow. I mean, this is you know, pretty monumental in terms of kind of shifting the landscape here. You know, here you compare it, and I think in, in a very good way, you know, Spotify and Apple as Coke and Pepsi. And now we're talking about, I mean, you know, in the history of those soft drink brands, we've never seen someone buy Coke. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never seen someone buy Pepsi and and really just change the landscape in that capacity. We've watched those companies, I think, gobble up smaller independent, maybe not even in the soda space, but teas and waters and whatever. And I'll, I'll quit with that metaphor. But this is just I mean, this is kind of even just mind boggling to think about from my end. For those of you listening that um, maybe are looking, you listen because you're looking for more insight into getting a job within the music business on the business side, not necessarily the musician side, um, get into tech. That's cool. You want to work at your favorite record label, or maybe you want to work at a management company or booking agency. All that shit's cool. It's probably not going anywhere anytime soon, but geez, man, like there's a lot of music startups out there. Get into one of those because 
that could potentially be a serious game changer for your, for, you know, a job placement. Um, you know, there's some real music startups that are making serious moves. And this is a good example of, of that happening. Um, uh, prediction number three for 2019, smart speaker growth is kind to Amazon music. Love them or hate them, smart speakers are here to stay, and that market will grow even more in 2019. The biggest beneficiary of that has been Amazon Music, and the trend helps it even more, especially right after a holiday with big echo sales and a boost in prime memberships. Do you own any of these smart speakers out of curiosity? I don't. And let me tell you a little something. Um, I can't stand to speak into my phone. Like I turn Siri off. I cannot audio text someone. Like I personally just, I, I get anxiety like about do like I, I, I just, I just can't do it. Like, you know, but I understand why it's successful and I understand why people are, are digging it. And I, I kind of agree that it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. I, I only have a limited experience with these and I don't, you know, being the loud mouth that I am, I don't get anxiety about talking into anything or at anyone, <laughs> sadly, much to the dismay of uh, many on the receiving end. That said, um, you know, my sister has one in her house. And when I was there, uh, I think it was in October of last year, we really had a challenge with getting Spotify to sync through, I think it was Alexa. I don't think it was Echo. And, you know, it was, it was really a challenge. And I'm curious to see as, you know, I would imagine smart speaker growth will, you know, continue to expand. I'm curious to see if it is really remains proprietary, i.e., you know, uh, Amazon's product with Amazon stuff. I think Apple had a home pod that I can't imagine did anything. I don't really see Spotify getting into, you know, the home speaker biz. They're not set up like some of these other, um, companies are where they're multi, multi-pronged, multi-faceted. So I don't know. I just, I don't have a ton of experience on it. I, uh, you know, I think it's great if I can be sitting on one side of the room and be able to tell uh, whichever the preferred device is to play a certain song. I don't see a disadvantage to it. So, um, yeah, curious to see how that all continues to unfold. Definitely. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there um prediction number four for 2019 the charts mean less and less billboard has ruled the music world for more than 50 years and its charts have been the bible for artists and labels everywhere That ceases in 2019 as the charts become more irrelevant and playlists, especially from the major streaming services, gain more influence. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think I'm even surprised that the charts still mean anything, uh, but they do. And I think the challenge is, you know, as we talked about between Spotify and Apple, it's just like we all need metrics to measure the relative, you know, uh, health of a business, of an artist's, you know, business versus other artists. And, you know, for the longest time, you know, charts have, have represented that. If a band has a very strong debut first week, that's something that number almost gets cemented into people's heads and becomes a significant piece of their worth. Again, I can always take it back to sports. It's almost like if you're a high, you know, uh, draft pick, then you're always known as, you know, maybe the number one draft pick. Now that said, the relevance of that you know, diminishes over time because you've got to go put up statistics. And so with artists, you know, we have other things that we compare, of course, for the longest time it was, uh, you know, followers on, on Facebook, you know, now it's Instagram, um, you know, and some combination of all of these things, but I'm just so curious. And, and, you know, really we talked about, we now pay attention to how many monthly listeners does an artist have on Spotify? their top five tracks on there, you know, how many plays do they have? Whereas, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was all YouTube. Every time a, you know, a song came out, we had to have some sort of visual with it because that's where people were going to stream it. And if you could get a million plus views on your video, you know, that was just another thing to chalk up. Of course, the one thing that hasn't really changed is, you know, live ticket sales. If you can sell out certain capacity rooms, but you know, I don't disagree. I think charts will mean less and less. I just know that no matter what, you know, the the number is, we've got to have numbers that are kind of universally agreed upon in order to help us compare the relative worth of one artist versus another. Yeah. I mean, uh, it really depends on who you are that the chart means less to, because if you're an artist you still want a number one record. I don't give shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like you still want to chart higher. If you're, if you're from the artist perspective, the chart doesn't mean less to you. Right. Um, in general, will the charts mean less probably? And it's probably because they've become so ambiguous in that before, whenever you're only dealing with physical sales, it's much easier to kind of wrap your head around that number. And it was a very level playing field. Band X sold 100,000 records and band Y sold 1,000 records, right? And that's just a fact that is undisputed and it is what it is. Where is now, as we're in this transitional phase, out of physical products hanging around, but we're going into streaming. And then what exactly is streaming? How does streaming count for a sale? And is it an album sale or is it a single sale? And are they pulling data from YouTube, Facebook, and you know, like like wherever else that it's or Spotify and Apple and Deezer and like where are they calculating all these numbers from? Is it is it general or is it or is it very specific? It's hard for me to think that it's point blank, like specific, right? There's so much gray area in calculating that data that it just seems like it 
it becomes less important as it becomes more ambiguous. Um, uh, but you know that that's from our perspective, and then you, then you then you go from the fan perspective. Fans don't care, man. Fans, the fans, like you know what I mean. Like I, 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 I like this music because it's popular, or my friend listens to it, or my older brother turned me on to it, or I found it on my own and I shared it with my friends, and you know whatever. But fans could give two shits about charts and that doesn't mean anything to them you know they're not like going like oh yeah it's so great my favorite artist got a number one record they don't care like you know yeah i i I agree i just think you know that along with playlisting is a is a tool for discovery absolutely you know it's it's people always need you know most people need someone to indicate like okay this is why you should be paying attention to a certain artist and you know the promise of streaming in comparison to you know sales when we're talking about charts and you know like you said there's some sort of hybrid of it uh at the moment we you know we look at uh first weeks of artists and then subsequent weeks and we looked at what are the sales which is physical plus digital uh and then there's total consumption which includes streaming on some of those platforms that you spoke about um but yeah i mean we thought streaming would be the great equalizer and of course that's because you know yeah the, the, if fans want to hear something they can go in and just type the name in now that said you know now that we've got playlists with specific you know uh magnitude to them because they have a certain number of inherent followers if you can leverage and lobby to get your artist on you know or their particular track on any one of these you know platforms then you end up with that same advantage so um i mean as his prediction yes it, it, the charts will mean less and less i think you and i would both agree there's just no clear-cut um you know, there's no clear cut indicator of what we will use to measure, you know, uh, an art, one artist relevant to another, uh, that's emerged just yet. Yep. Prediction number five for 2019 major labels lose their mojo. Once the dream of every artist, today's artist is more likely to shun a major to go it independently since so many of the benefits of a major can be had without actually signing to one. Indie and boutique labels continue to grow both in numbers and revenue as artists thrive in a more DIY world. Yeah, I think we've seen this continue to happen and, you know, indies exist. Uh, there's also, you know, just, just straight distributor deals. There's companies like AWOL, you know, which is a, a subsidiary of Cobalt, you know, music. AWOL stands for artists without a label. You know, they've got, you know, the, the, the big thing about being on a major is resources and, you know, the resources that allow you to get exposure, you know, in the past, they controlled the access to the airwaves and, you know, to the store, you know, there's limited, you know, amount of space in a store, uh, chain store in particular, where everybody's going to go Walmart or whatever it may be. And now that, you know, the airwaves aren't as important, they still play a role. But as we've just talked about, streaming is, is so important. And, if you don't even have a physical product, unless it's something limited that you're doing in a direct to consumer capacity, then that stuff doesn't matter either. So it's really kind of cool, you know, especially for guys like you and I that have existed in the DIY world more or less in some capacity since our entry into this business. I find it exciting. Um, you know, I don't think major labels are anywhere close to being down and out, but it is just a testament to the fact that 
you know, there are alternatives and the alternatives really are capable of putting up similar numbers to what the majors have been able to do. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like when you look at say what's most in our face, say Greta Van Fleet is on a major and have are doing killer business. And that has, that has really afforded them. Could they have done the same as an independent? I don't know, you know? Um, but you know, they're on the same label as Post Malone and Ariana Grande. Like they got some real juice, you know, to, to, to make it happen. But, you know, by and large, I mean, if we're talking about rock and metal, I mean, these are things that started off small just by the nature, the sheer nature of it. You know, like Metallica was on an indie, right? Slayer was on an indie at first before they graduated up to a major. Um, so um, I think it's it's really strongly a case by case basis. Um, you know, are you look if you're looking to get on the radio, like if that is really a strong agenda for you, then a major is probably a more important home or at least something to consider down the, down the road, right? You know, eventually you want to get there. Um, but for, for the rest of us, I mean, I, we're living in a very robust and strong DIY culture. And I think it's very exciting. And in the event that you build up something that is becomes out of your reach on a DIY level, then there's plenty of indies that are there to help you navigate the space. And then if that becomes even out of control, then great. You can upgrade to a major that can then maybe provide some services and resources that you just aren't, haven't been to your disposal and they can make you even more monumental. Um, so, but you know, the, the old, the old hat or the old idea of we have to get signed to a major and that's where it's going to begin. And then they're going to throw us out there and then we're going to be huge. It's just, it's not that it's become less important. It's just that it's become like that, that you don't need that anymore. Right. Bands, bands don't need a major to get their career kickstarted. They can kickstart it from the comfort of their own home. And that's pretty exciting. I think for me. And, um, and look, man, the longer that you can own your music and own your masters, it's like, you know, your future is going to be a lot better place. The more that you've got leverage in your career. Yeah. I think I'll try to sum it up by the fact that, you know, and you've, you've sort of said this, it's, it's that, you know, in, in today's climate, you can actually have access to the same things until you need, until it becomes so apparent that you're in over your head and you have to have more resources. Um, and that is what's exciting. And so, hell yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for 2019. Yeah, man. Uh, well, that concludes our episode 100. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? 
You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And uh, yeah, if you want to find out anything more about how to take your career to a little bit further level, check out OuterLoopCoaching.com for some of the tools that we have available to you. Blasco, thanks for putting a great episode together, and I look forward to part two of this next week. Yes, rock on. Thanks, everybody. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.